Rose Group, this is Clayton. Clayton, this is Joey Jingola. What's up, Joey? Finally get a chance to chat with you. I know, man. Sorry, I just saw your message. I just got off another call. I was like, oh, shoot, Clayton. Let's go. Yeah, I am like, it's I'm, it's funny, man. This, uh, I don't know when you guys do spring break up there, but we did ours last week, so I was short-staffed last week um, for spring break, and then I have an employee who's closed on a new house this week, and uh, another employee that went to the beach this week, and then my family goes to the beach tomorrow. So it's it's just uh, an interesting couple of weeks for sure. It's one it's one beach after another. Clean is what it is. I know, I know. I mean, so I'm excited about getting a couple of days away for sure. There's certainly worse with the situations kiddos. to have. Yeah. Yes. No. These are uh, these are good problems to have for sure. Actually, I was uh, joking the other day with somebody about because you know Facebook and social media, you see all the good stuff, and so yeah. I've been traveling quite a bit and I am traveling quite a bit in the next 45 days with like insurance carrier trips and stuff like that, which are great. But like, it's still work a little bit, especially in the morning, right? So I've got three of those coming up and I'm like, my wife especially is stressing out because we got, we've got three little kids and she's like trying to figure out babysitters and stuff. And like, it's kind of stressful, but like, again, good problems to have. Yeah, good problems doesn't make it any easier. Unfortunately, it's the it's the stay married. What are you gonna have to do? Traveling is probably one of the the craziest things to to coordinate amongst the all of the work related responsibilities. Yes, yeah, for sure. I don't have to this say is anything. a drive though. So driving's always a little bit easier. It's like a five hour drive. We're going down to Rosemary. Uh, well, technically, just that just outside of Rosemary Beach, which is like kind of become the go to place for like Georgia people. So you go down there, and it's just like a bunch of Georgia people that are that you see back home now at the beach we all go to the same place so that's pretty funny yeah well you know i always get i always get a chance to talk to woody he's always stealing the the spotlight he's hogging all your attention hogging all the attention like the lead singer he is you know but um it's nice to to get to get to catch up with with you and uh, just see what's going on yeah no i mean woody uh has done as everybody knows is just uh has fully embraced he's only been in the business in the channel for five years four yeah. four and a half years and he's fully embraced the obviously digital but but the community i think the agents uh agent yep. and agency kind of community yep. um and likes to kind of mentor and mentee he's, he's kind of taken two roles pretty quick i mean he was um mentee uh for the first couple of years but also he he likes to help people out and i think he what he does it helps them both on the business side but also um, kind of develop relationships with other agents. And I think that pays off for him. Um, short term is why I know it pays off for him long term, but short term, um, he gets little things from it for sure that, uh, lead to direct, uh, kind of business for his, his day job, which is selling, uh, selling policies and generating new business for the agency. And he's been a great, uh, you know, kind of ambassador for us, for the agency nation crowd for sure. Cause I, you know, we, with, um, Especially the last couple of years, you, there's we all get we kind of get pulled in different directions, and he's kind of taken over the a lot of the um, agency nation type stuff. I know, like I, I'd still love to go elevate. I haven't been to elevate before, and he's done that. I wasn't going to say anything, Clayton, but you brought it up. I was yeah, gonna say it. yeah. No, well, this, yeah, no, I no excuse. I, yeah, I'm constantly preaching my team no excuses. We're gonna make it happen sometime, yeah. sometime soon. Hopefully, hopefully next year. Nashville next year. Nashville, Clayton. Nashville. Yes, that that's 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 the easiest probably place unless you guys do it in Atlanta. But I think Nashville is a better place than Atlanta. So that's about as good as it can get. So 
we need to carve that out. Is, it, is, there, is there a date already? Do you guys have a date? Uh, it is unofficially, officially May 31st, June 1st, June 2nd. Now, I asked Woody this because we did have the discussion. Do you guys, and I'm sure you do, like strategically pick the date and try, try to do it around um, the carrier dates? Because that was the, the problem this year and I think last year too for me. Like I, like I said it you know, five minutes ago, I was like, I literally have, I would, we had a traveler's trip what, two weeks ago. I've got a Mercury trip and a compass trip and a safe code trip all in the next four weeks, man. And yeah. then so having to elevate in there too with three kids, like it's just tough. But uh, so I was curious, I was like, I wonder if they think about that at all or, I mean, or, or not. It, there's so many things going on. We try to, but there, like, there's just, like you said, there's so many. Um, yeah. I think there's, you know, we, we try to be far enough away from the, the, the relevant ones that we know are, you know, going to be a problem. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's just others that we just, you know, you're going to have to make a choice in some cases. But yeah, we try to, we, sure. we like the, we like the June-ish vibe. Um, you know, that's, that's been most successful. We were in March this year just for, you know, it would have been too hot to do it in New Orleans in June, but, um, yeah. Yeah, you get in the April, May, and you get a sweet spot where you can do a bunch of different places, and the weather's okay. Like in yeah. March, it, it, you can't do certain spots because it's too cold. In right. June, you can't do certain spots because it's too hot. Yeah. Um, so, so, and that, which is which is why I think the carriers do a lot of their stuff those, that month too. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean we we try the best we can, but we, uh, to say that we're, I wouldn't want to give ourselves too much credit for planning, but yeah. So I, it, it would be fun to see you there, Clayton. I'm just gonna say it'll be fun to see you there, and again, just kind of. Hey, there is another guy at this Rhodes group that, that does awesome stuff too. Yeah. Um, well, also too, if there's anything, and, and again, I know you guys probably don't know too much about me, but if there's anything I can bring to the table from a, um, to help you guys out with from a, uh, on the other side too, from helping yeah. the attend with the attendees, bringing some content, you know, I think, um, we have a unique story and, and get, we can help in certain ways too. We, we do things a little different for sure. Yeah. Which is well, good and bad. Right no, well, that, well, and one of the things that you, and I, absolutely. And one of the things that I was, I guess I didn't know. I don't know that I really ever had a conversation with either you or Woody about it, but uh, we had originally started talking about like your service model and uh, yeah. the fact that you guys pretty much outsource all of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think it's interesting that, that that's one of the main things that makes us unique compared to other um, agencies from a customer experience. Now, I had a big advantage in that sense. So when I started the agency in 2014, um, it was that, you know, my, the big carriers had that option available to me. So it's much harder for current agencies to pivot and like pivot away from local service and uh, you know, all the overhead that they've got kind of invested in local service, a bigger office and all that sort of stuff. So for me, it was easy. But I think what I learned was it was ultimately if people ask me why I do it still, it's because I believe it creates the best customer experience. So like it starts there. And so like, what do you mean by that? Because the traditional model say blasphemy, and what a lot of people blasphemy, come on now, but no, go on. I, Cause yeah. I agree with you on this Go on, please. I, because I'm, here, here's the thing. So yeah. obviously the, there's a lot, it's very polarizing topic from carrier to agencies. And, yeah. and the, the idea is that local service is the best because people want to talk to somebody in their community. And I think pieces of that are definitely true. But what I find is for me personally, what I've seen when I was um, at Liberty, especially um, people typically there are exceptions to this, but they want what they want in service is they want somebody to pick up the phone. They don't want to play phone tag. They want to wrap it up quick. They want the person to be knowledgeable and they want the person to be nice. And yeah. so 
if you can do that, it doesn't matter if they're in Cumming, Georgia or uh, Columbus, Ohio, the person they're talking to. But if they can't do that, if the person in Columbus, Ohio is talking to somebody in Cumming, Georgia and doesn't do a good job, that typically will, will throw the call center's approach under the bus for that, which I don't know has any, much to do with the call center specifically. If you look at like J.D. Power uh, reports who's at the top every year for customer service, Amica, USAA, and their call centers. So you can do it yeah. um, if you do it right. So, um, and there's just as many or more bad call center service. So like there's, uh, you know, the, the big brands you see on TV, the, uh, you know, Geico, you might have to bleak that. I don't know if you can throw, uh, throw them under the bus or whatever, but like Geico and some other carriers that do it, that do a bad job and that kind of throws it, throws it out. Now that the, the tentacles of that benefit, uh, there are other benefits of that for us is it allows our insurance agents, um, to basically do, to, delegate that stuff and they spend more of their time doing off spending more of their time on new business generation. And so, you know, the insurance agent, the traditional insurance agents doing all these things, uh, set prospecting, quoting, yeah. binding and servicing. And so as you scale up, you have to start to delegate that stuff. And when you delegate, it's risky, but if you do it the right way, you can continue to scale. So Woody, as an example, when we, he's in a stage now where, you know, um, we, we delegated the service to his, his service team, and now we're, we're in a spot where now he basically is doing more and more of the marketing and branding and lead generation stuff. And so similar to some other agencies, like he, very soon, he will not be actually quoting policies. Like right. he will be managing referral partner relationships, generating, you know, making the phone ring, and then yep. other people on his team that are also really great at what they do, they're they handle the actual customer um, experience in terms of like explaining the policy to them and their options and why we, why we decided to pitch Safeco or Travelers or Progressive to them and, and actually close the sale for them. And so it's just my mindset has always been, and, and, and if you, anybody on my team heard this, they, I just, I'm pushing all in on this idea that um, doing everything yourself is like good. And like, if we're in this, I think people like take pride in, in doing certain things themselves, but both on the personal side and could be mowing your own lawn or painting your own house or whatever. But like, to me, my belief, you can't be perfect, but if I, I try strive to figure out what I do best and spend a hundred percent of my working time doing that and then delegating the rest. And so like, yeah. um, and it actually, it works out great because that, that do it yourself versus DTE. I kind of made up this acronym for our team, DTE delegate to expert. It also trickles down to what we, how we talk to our customers because and our business, the do-it-yourself model, um, that in, uh, has gotten so good in the last 10 years and will be even better in 10 years. We're trying to focus on, like, we're thinking about who's going, what, what, do, we, what do we really sell and who's going to be buying that? And so we kind of broke that down to, like, if we thought about, like, what we really sell now as an in, independent agency, three things, really. Time, and that's kind of self-explanatory, right? We basically, people delegate to us shopping their insurance. They don't want to spend five hours on a Saturday. Right. They delegate to us. So we're selling time. We're selling peace of mind. This isn't rocket science, but it's just difficult enough where if you've got a lot to lose, you don't want to do it yourself. Yeah. And then we're selling leverage. And that's actually the biggest one. We probably talk about it the least. It's the biggest one. So people um, are buying leverage from us because them on their own, they're one of thousands of policyholders. If a claim goes wrong, yep. you know, nine times out of 10, a claim won't 
go wrong. But one out of ten times, maybe a claim, something's going wrong there, they don't have a lot of leverage as one of thousands of policyholders. Right. But because they're a customer of the Rose Group, one of the best agencies in Metro Atlanta, they bought a lot of leverage because when I call Safe Car Travelers and tell them about a, a problem, they take my call. You know, so and and so we're telling we're, we're so now we know what we sell, and then we focus on like who's really buying that at scale, you know, and who's not because it's not not everybody's buying it. No. Well, you know, I think too, from from the internal side of your staff, you know, there's there's a sort of freedom, just a sense of relief that you can kind of in, improve the uh, feedback loop of of that you know thing that you're good at, right? As opposed to having something that you're mediocre to, maybe below average at, just constantly bring down the average of the thing that you're really good at because you had a bad experience, you just weren't able to execute at the level that you know you are and the thing that you're ultimately good at. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's just I'm, I'm assuming that has a, an accumulation effect on that, just just the overall mentality day to day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it all comes from a good place. We like want to help people. Like, if you if you got good people on your staff, like they want to help people, and, and and so like wanting to help people directly meaning like and i'm trying to like get our folks to have the mindset of like you're not helping anybody if you're you're spending your time doing what you don't what you don't do best and the same and the same message we kind of tell the consumer like hey there's certain things you should do yourself and there's certain things like you should delegate to an expert and that's where we come into play you know like the um the, the, the auto and home policy is is uh just complex enough where like you don't want to mess it up you know and the good news is the carriers typically have an appetite for um the customers we're looking for so it's a win-win we're 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 also able our closing ratio on certain segments of business are also really high because those carriers have an appetite for that type of customer who's who's looking for that type of service so it's kind of a cherry on top effect i guess yeah, I want to kind of go back. I just got to want to finish up on the service thing. Have you, I mean, have you run into any problems? Because that's, you know, I think you, I think you yeah, brushed oh, off. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure you have, but I think you, you brushed off. I think it's easier than you think probably for other agencies to move away from it. They just, I think there's this, this stigma, this mentality, possibly stereotype that uh that they need to have that local yeah there's just something that they feel like they need to have that local presence or that needs to be that person in their office and 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 that's why they're not moving away from it versus you know like you said and 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 for the fear of 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 um maybe losing control Control. of it you know so control yeah so i always wonder what the real truth is sometimes like it's not that people are lying when you ask them but like when i ask agencies the reason they don't do it, I figure like they give me a piece of it. So, so it's fear that the service center can't treat their customers as good as their service person. I get that for sure. But I think there's just as much fear as it's the first step in them being cut out yeah. of the process, right? Maybe. And, and and then the third thing being like, hey, I don't want to pay and I don't want to give up the commission for it. Yeah. So Because I've already got I'm already paying local people. And so like I would have to like now pay another service center or have to lay people off. So like, that's a real too. But I think the second piece is, is interesting to me because I think it's made, it's, it's a big, it's a big piece. Um, and so I think you have to think what you, what value you actually bring as an insurance agent or an agency today versus 30 years ago, because I think the insurance agent value prop for us is, has very little to do with, you know, explain somebody's bill or to, taking a payment form over the phone locally and all that sort of stuff. I think what we, what value we really bring 
an, an independent agency is those things I was talking about earlier, where we basically are insurance matchmakers really. And, um, almost like an insurance insurance shoppers really like in, in shoppers kind of a bad word because yeah. it, it, connotation is that we're like trying to find the cheapest rate. I'm saying insurance shoppers meaning like we sh- we spend that time looking for the best policy for you based on the conversation we have with you and price is a piece of it, but it's the terms of the policy. It's price is only a piece of the value equation. Right. Um, and so like, I don't think, um, me, it, it's actually, it, it is definitely scary, but like when you, if you set it up the right way for, with your customers, I don't, and, and, and the right customers, they totally understand that like they shouldn't expect to, to reach you at random times throughout the week to answer a billing question for them. Just the same way as if yeah. like I decided to call my doctor today right. to ask about my health insurance bill. No, I'm like, I, I got, my doctor's not going to talk to me about that, but his right. admin is. And if I want to talk to my doctor, I got to set an appointment, you know, like yeah. this, one of, one of the challenges for most independent agency owners now kind of transition into the owners is like so many of them are on the front lines and that is fine. But like, you can't, grow like we've grown if you're on the front lines i don't think like just like if you're a restaurant owner yeah every now and then walk around and and shake people's hands and kiss babies and do that but don't wait every table (laughs) you know what i mean like you uh you can't do both but the service center thing is just a a piece of that but i would say that's one of the things that makes us unique because i would say in georgia and this may be different in ohio um, or other places like we are literally the only independent agency in Metro Atlanta that is in service center with their biggest five, six carriers. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, I think that's, I think that's something that is, is, is more uncommon than you think, you know, whether it's Atlanta or, or anywhere, really, it's just something that a lot of agents have yet to, to trust. Um, and, uh, and I think you're, it's so, it's very true of the expectation of like, listen, they, they should know that this is something that they're just not going to call you up and talk to you today and, and letting, letting your consumer dictate your business to you from, from, from your time versus like you said, having somebody else that is delegated to handling such things. Yep. Yeah. And that's, I think that's just honestly, like, I think it's easy for me because that's how I like to do business when I'm a consumer. Like I, there's nothing worse than for me than if I call some, one of my service providers or if I call my dentist or something and I have to like leave a voice message for something simple, you know? And like, to me, my experience with agencies that do local service, you get a voicemail a high percentage of the time you get. um, And and even when you get the person on the phone, this is a person that is supposed to service 10 different carriers. So like if I have a simple question, billing question about my, my, my uh, Cincinnati bill, like they don't know it in like very good. So it takes a lot longer. They may give me the wrong information. Um, and so it's back to, I, I do think I would rather a Cincinnati billing expert answer a Cincinnati billing question or policy question than somebody on my team who's, who I'm, who's trying to, to understand 10, 15 different 
carriers or policies. Well, no, Clay, so, here's the thing. Like, here's the thing that you you know that I often hear is, and I even too, I'm I might even myself be a little skeptical of this. You know, how do you yeah. how do you when they're switching companies? You know, you got them used to Cincinnati. Maybe Cincinnati service centers better than than travelers. I don't know if that's true, but you know what I mean. Like, let's just say it's a different yeah, experience. Yeah. And how does that then translate to your customer versus like a consistent experience? But again, consistent mediocrity isn't, I guess, a good thing. Yeah, so like I would never say there's no cons, and I think one of the cons, there's pros and cons to this. One of the cons is like part of what you said. That I think the biggest con of this is you have to make sure you really outline the service experience up front, and also outline up front what you do for them as an independent agent. Meaning, if they are unhappy with their policy at any time, in terms of like most of the time that that comes in the in the in the, in the form of why did my rate go up and I'm not happy with it, that that call gets back to you, so you can save the business or remarket the business, right? And try to keep the business in the agency. And that is um, something that is the biggest challenge, but we still kind of do, we, we basically, because of that, because we're so service, customer service heavy, we're more, more aggressive. We're more on offense on the renewals. So like, and we, we can still do better for sure. But like we, what I've just found though, and this is actually, was a little bit of a surprise, but like most people still, first of all, the carriers do bounce it back to you. If you're if you're doing a great job and you and you and your customers are kind of appreciating what you do, they give you a chance a lot of time. Yeah. We rarely lose um, our best customers without a chance, even in the service centers. Like yeah. they, they 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 the service centers centers bounce them back, or they call us locally for that, but either at our local office or on, on the agent's cell, and they give us a chance to. So that was the biggest fear for me, and I still kind of we lose every now and then on that, and I'm like, gosh, I wish we had that chance to save that but um super rare and then to your question though is like yeah when they when we do switch somebody from a cincinnati to a safeco or vice versa um the service experience does change a little but not much i mean like it's still and honestly like there isn't especially on home right i mean there's really no service on home hardly if if we're we're being honest like there's not a lot of service on home auto there is but typically excluding billing stuff the only time you're really servicing auto, if you're t- if you're doing it right on the front end, is car- changing a car out. And how often are people buying cars? You know, like yeah. every few years or something. So there's just not a ton of service. Most of the service that we're subbing out is billing service, and um, and uh, the why my rate go up. And we find the carriers do a better job than us on that too, right? Because if somebody calls me today and says, "Man, why is my Safeco bill going? Up? My why is my Safeco policy went up?" Like, I'm going to give them the canned response, you know, base rates are going up. Tell me a little bit, what happened? Did you have any accidents, violations? I'm not looking at the screen. But the Safeco person has, again, they're trained to really try hard to keep it in the, in, in the carrier, right? right? Keep it in-house. Well, we're actually, as independent agents, like we know we can move it to somebody else, so we maybe don't even try hard enough to keep it there. Um and they, I, I think they, the carriers, call centers do probably a better job of um, keeping it, of retaining, frankly. At least they tell us they do. The data that they tell us is that their Safeco, as an, as an example, I use them a lot because we, we, as in a lot of examples, because we, we write with them quite a bit, but they tell us their retention is quite a bit higher. I think three or four points higher with the gold service. And so um, that's really all I need to know because I don't want to spend much of my time remarketing anyway. You know, uh, if I don't have to. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, because well, that's the other thing too. Managing expectations of, you know, that that client that yeah, it might be what ten dollars cheaper, you know, one year to the next, but ultimately it's not worth the hassle of of moving for ten dollars and, and setting that expectation of listen, it's going to be a, a couple years before it gets to the point where we need to look at this thing seriously. Yeah, and the, and the third benefit of the service centers, I mean, because I don't think this is talked about enough. It relates to our success and growth quite a bit. It's allowed me to be more aggressive in recruiting non-insurance people, right? Mm, yeah. So think about this. I I mean, every year I go more and more to recruiting a certain type of person, and it really has nothing to do with whether that they have insurance experience or not. And because I don't need somebody to be a PhD in, in auto insurance or home insurance, I need them to like know the really important stuff and but like not know the intricacies of like how to make a traveler's change you know like technical stuff it's really what i mean i should have said it that way like i don't need to like be super um aggressive hiring insurance people that's had experience with the same carriers as me or something like that because i don't want i would hate to have to also you know like train them on the sites and stuff like that so like we're i i'm more interested in hiring people that you know it's kind of become our tagline good people turn them into great insurance agents. So like people that have, um, that are honest, hardworking, hungry, you know, like to talk to people, like to develop relationships, friendships really. And then, <clears throat> cause it's all widgets in the end, whether you're selling real estate or mortgages or financial advice, um, the do it yourself option is, is, is there and it's gotten way better in the last 10 years and it's going to be way better in 10 years from now. So like, um, we got to keep getting better to, to compete against that yes yeah and it, and that's always kind of the battle too and you guys are you guys are uh, really personal lines heavy aren't you oh yeah yeah we're uh 90 percent personal lines yeah, I thought 95 you, probably I thought that was most of what you did um i gotta ask about this because you guys i'm curious of like what where this started but you guys have been um committing to some some higher production value video recently some some kind of dramatic storytelling mm -hmm. or some more aggressive like uh i don't want to say commercial like stuff but it's like you know catch your attention sort of stuff what what like I'm, obviously that's intentional but like what what kind of got you yeah. guys there how's that going so it was, it was like practice what we preach so i just it, like i was spending a lot of times telling our agents, our employees, and our customers to do, delegate to an expert versus do it yourself. And then I'm like, gosh, why are we not delegating this storytelling to experts? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you can do some of it yourself. You should do some of it yourself. Right. And, and, and Woody is a good example, but everybody's not Woody. In fact, most people in this channel don't have that creative <laughs> capacity. So they're pounding their head against the wall yeah. if they're trying to be Woody. Yeah. So like, um, why not use some capital and delegate to an expert and, and, uh, Help have somebody who does that full time help tell your story. And what we found is like that's been working pretty well for us. And it and and it's funny because yeah, it costs money, but it does clean <clears throat> get out of here. Yeah, it costs money to do that. I, mean, I was going to say it's expensive. I was trying not to say it's expensive, but like yeah. I guess I, I don't I don't know I don't know if it's expensive. It just depends on um, if you do it right or not. It's not expensive at all. I don't think if you do it if you do it right. In fact, I think it's basically free because uh you end up making that money back and then some yeah but wow. yeah so the, the, the we we with uh you're probably talking about the um we, we we committed to a few projects and we still have some kind of in our 
that are rolling out. So we rolled out actually a new one today. I don't know if you saw it literally today because we um, we've had them for like six months. And I held out one until opening. Uh, held held a baseball kind of themed one saw, out for opening day. Saw the baseball one. And then I saw the golf. And then one we held we held at the golf one we held for for um, Augusta. So yeah. for the Masters. And then we've got another one that we're holding back for a couple a couple months. So um, so yeah, all that to say that was what what caused it and i think we still do especially you know we, we enjoy kind of a little bit of that stuff um do it yourself on the on on the video and, and um storytelling but i think what we found is like to take it to the next level we'd have to like do it full t- full time and then we right. well we can't we gotta sell insurance so we um you know decided to bring somebody else a third party in on that to help to help with that for sure yeah, it's, I mean, it's certainly again super rare amongst agencies that I talk to, and, and I'm 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 probably maybe a little more fifty fifty on that. Um, I, I think uh, certainly there's there's plenty of room to get some like you know just like a handful of really good videos done, right? You know, just saying like, yeah, hey, we're gonna yeah. There's like four or five like just you know that you, if you go ahead and spend money, like they're gonna be there for you know four, five, six years, and they're they're gonna be worth the money you spent. And then there's the other stuff that you know, just kind of the, the off the cuff, sharing your knowledge, sharing your expertise that doesn't need uh, you know, a full fledged budget per se, but um, yeah, 100%. It's that both. It's the both, right. Yeah. You, I think, which is beautiful about social media, especially like Instagram, right. It's a combination of like super polished yep. that you post and then super raw, which is like the stories. Yeah. And like, um, there's a million examples of, of, of people that, uh, are huge, you know, from, from Will Smith to Gary, Gary V and they yeah. do a combination of both. They, 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 they publish super raw stuff and, yeah. and super polished stuff and the balance. Like I think the raw stuff is extra special when you see it because of the, you normally see it polished and vice versa. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah, I no, agree. 100%. No, I like it. And, and, um, like I said, it's, it's certainly, because the the polished stuff especially stands out. I mean, it certainly catches my attention. I'm like, oh, here the, the Rhodes Group is at it again. I got to watch this one. You know, like it stands out amongst other things. And that's also the, uh, one thing I guess I do want to say too, because I do think I'm, I'm assuming you guys have more of an impact than maybe even you're giving yourself credit for on some of the messages that are getting polished up. And there's still that just that general X factor of of knowing your agency, who you are, what you do, who you want to talk to that. I think you probably spend more time on than maybe others. And yeah. There's still, there's yeah. still that part of it that is hard to ignore and to, I guess, really kind of, um, put a value on. Yeah, no doubt. I think like it's, it's ultimately when I look in our agency and I think this is true for a lot of agencies, like the difference a lot of times you have to be, you have to do two things. You have to be really good at what you do for sure. So like, I'm not saying the latter is more important than the, than the former. You have to be great at what you do and, and you have to be great with your customers and, and know what you're talking about. But what I've found is that, that what you also have to do, and this is no, normally the difference maker in terms of like uh, success and, and growth and all that. You have to be good at what you do and you have to be, and you have to make it easy for people to find out that you're good at what you do. That's a lot of words, but basically like if it's a real estate agent, for example, like what I found is like the biggest handful of real estate agents in Metro Atlanta, cause we network with them. They really don't know any more about real estate than the average guy. They just do a good job of like marketing and yeah. like making themselves found. That's the difference. They're both, it's not they're bad. At, uh, they don't know what they're talking about. They just, there's really not a big gap in like, 
the knowledge of the widget, like the, the what you're actually selling. Um, it's just a matter of like they became very good at making it, basically overcoming the obscurity kind of hurdle because that's all we're really dealing dealing with. Our mindset is like the only thing that's holding us back is obscurity, and so we just need to make it easy for people to find us and find out who we are. And so like everything's kind of modeled around that. And like digital stuff for somebody like you who who um, is in another state, you see a, just a, a piece of it. I was gonna say tip of the iceberg, maybe it's bigger than tip of the iceberg, but like the digital side. And then like we have other people in our agency that are doing way more with what I guess we'd call old school stuff. Like I can think of two people in our agency that do a ton of volume and great quality and do a great job. Yeah. And they're, they hardly do anything on social. Yeah. Like they're all like referral partner, uh, you know, committed. I mean, they do everything through, um, they generate a lot of referrals through their referral partners. And that's just because they're 100% committed to that route too. I think it is like you guys have said a million times, it's got to, figure out what your niche and what you're good at um, and what you like to do. Because I think that's the first thing. If you like to do it, you'll become good at it. Um, and that's why, like, Woody as an example, sometimes I wonder, like, if people are trying to do things, like, um, from a um, video perspective at that level, like, um it's just, he he just loves to do it more than them is my, is what I think. So like yeah. I don't know if they'll ever be able to do it. He likes it way more than you. <laughs> like, yeah. You better put some time in. You know he enjoys that and that's and he's also and it's not. We used to I used to um, think it was like well he's a natural at that or you know you say right. you know he's a natural or somebody's a natural at something and I don't think it's that really. He just spent a lot of time and he's got a lot of practice and that's meaning like. He was in a band. He was the front man. He did all these things. And, like, he had a lot of practice at, like, storytelling. And so um, part of it is, is natural, but I think a lot smaller part than people realize. It was just a ton, a ton of practice. Um, and so now he's at a point where he's, he's, he's got a lot of momentum there. And, he, and, and so it pays off for him. No, and I, I and I remember calling him out for it once upon a time. I met him after uh, he says we met at, at the very first Elevate, which I, I shamefully don't necessarily remember happening. Um, and, oh boy! And uh, and I was like, dude, like we got to talking. I was like, you're in a band. I was like, and and not just like a band. Like he was legitimately, you know, made it. You know, to some respect yeah, of like being sure. a, a professional musician. And I was like, dude, like there's some like you have like that ability is like. Like I, I need to see more of that in your insurance work, and and uh, and I'm like you said, it's it's been fun to watch over the last couple of years because uh, no, there's no doubt you guys helped a lot with uh, getting him. Uh, it's kind of stoking the flame for sure. When I say you guys, it's just you know the folks, the yeah. agency nation community for yeah. sure. Having that community helped him out a ton. No doubt about it. Well, you know, and, and to what you had said too, it's not that the one thing works necessarily better than the other. The one thing that I've seen that works the best is somebody knowing what they're good at and then just committing to that. Um, it's yeah. the, it's the indecisiveness that really is the is kind of the the enemy in all of this, and, and people don't stick on one thing long enough, like you said, to put enough practice in to make it be effective. Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, man. What, I mean, like, so what else is going on? I don't, is, is, I don't want to destroy your entire afternoon. I know you got, I know you got a lot to do. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, um, we're just rolling, trying to get things rolling in the second quarter. It was, uh, uh, as you, it's just crazy how fast the first quarter went on. This is normally the, the, the next, the, the next six months, quarter two and quarter three is the, 
is the month it is the quarters in our business right so we want to make sure we maximize the opportunity and are working as hard as we can we're moving into a new office in a couple of weeks or mm. um renovating and stuff that's a big deal nice. uh we're I could talk go on and on about all the stuff we got going on, but the two big things we got going on right now is we're moving to a new office, uh, which we're excited about in a, um, in a mixed use kind of development, which is going to be great for us to get us in front of our kind of our niche, um, customer. And we are transitioning agency management systems, which is, as everybody knows, real fun. Yeah. We just kind of outgrew ours. Um, and so I as long as I could for that. So, um, we're doing that. And then we've got four employees that started in the last six months, so uh, well, nine months, nine months, I guess. And so they're they're always uh, they've always got something kind of new going on. That's really my role in the agency now is uh, is recruiting, mentoring, coaching, um, and you know part of the branding and marketing side too. So, but and that happened because I figured that's what what's that's what I like to do the best, and and. Uh, and so with uh, when when I decided to stop selling completely, that was a big risk. But like that's when we really started to grow. You know, when I gave that up, we we um, I think we recruited. We grew from like five to thirteen, I think, in that year that I did that. So um, and I've just I, even when I was selling, I looked at it as recruiting. I was recruiting policyholders. That was my mindset. You know, because it's so much, and our job was more than just selling. It's more like recruiting. If you're like a, a football coach, you have to first find somebody you want. Then you have to sell them on your football program. <laughs> so like as insurance agents, you can't, you're not like selling t-shirts to anybody who'll buy a t-shirt. You have to find something, somebody your carrier will want. And then you got to convince them to, 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 to give you business. So I was kind of had a recruiting mindset when I was selling. And then I, as I scaled up, I was recruiting policyholders first and I was recruiting referral partners and I was recruiting agents, you know, to recruit referral partners, to recruit policyholders. But um, so we're in that phase now where, like, um, I think the next thing for us is to um, promote from within or recruit somebody to do um, some of the some of the coaching and, and, and mentoring for um, some of the newer agents because it, it, it's a lot. You got to they, – they need a lot, and so you want to make sure you give that to them. That was the other thing I, I don't think we ever – I meant to always – I always mean to mention that's another thing where we do, we're a little different. I always, when I hire somebody, I put them through a producer development program with a carrier. Mm-hmm. Another thing I kind of delegate out to supplement because I think there's a lot of good stuff. They get through that, but at the same time they need the, you know, local mentor and coach. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much the next two quarters are just, uh, get as much, you know, uh, do as much jabbing as possible to make sure we're uh, top of mind when people get that insurance bill. I don't know. You might need to throw a couple more logs on the fire there, Clay. It doesn't sound like you got enough going on. Nope. No, there's <laughs> always more, though. Isn't that funny how, like, no matter what it is, you just figure out how to manage it. And, that's, and, and sometimes when you look back, you can't believe. Like, I remember 2014, looking back on it now, it's like, we're crazy, man. Like, I told my wife I was quitting my job and I was starting to scratch insurance agency when she was six months pregnant. And oh, then, nice. you know, and then, so that year in 2014, yeah, I was, uh, we had a newborn and, and, uh, was, was starting a new business and all sorts of stuff. And then you look back and like, ah, that was nuts. And then I think I was also the, the president of my Rotary Club that year. Actually, I know it was. I was the president of my Rotary Club that year. So I had that stuff going on. And, um, you just kind of learned to, learn to juggle it for sure. It, it all normalizes at some point, right? 
Yeah. Well, just, you just got to get going, and then you get that momentum. And then whatever you do, you don't don't stop the momentum. Yeah, because keep you know, it rolling. 